This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, it's so good to have you back with us for the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host as always, and joined as always <laughs> by Richard Blackaby. Richard, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. So today we've got a bit of a different podcast. Yeah. Can you tell us what are we what are we looking at here? Well, it's a leadership podcast, but um, I, I thought that uh, I I've just felt impressed lately that uh, we should talk a little bit about leaders and the church, and I'm not talking necessarily about pastors. I'm talking about just a leader. You may not be the pastor of your church, you might not even be an elder or a deacon, but you're a leader, maybe a business leader, a professional of some sort, And but God's put you in a church. And, yeah. and so how should you relate to a local church? Um, and there's a great, just to kind of kick it off, uh, just to say there's a wonderful uh, passage in Colossians chapter 1, beginning of verse 15, it says, he meaning Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. I'd say, wow, that's uh, That's a statement. he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, all things, all thrones, everything in subjection to him. He rules the universe and he's the head of your local church. I tell you what, that alone is enough reason to say, hey, get involved in the church. Right. Look, look who's the head of it. And so I want us to talk a little bit about that this, uh, in this podcast. Great. And, I, you know, obviously this is a much needed topic and, uh, you know, many people... Uh, seem to think that 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 the church is at death's door these days. That maybe it's it's sort of run its course. There's it's it's obsolete. Um, what would you say to that? Or or why do you think people have such a negative view of the church these days? Well, unfortunately, there's just a lot of bad press coming out on the church. Uh, I, we've mentioned some of these numbers before, but uh, roughly seventy percent of all churches in America are plateaued or declining. So. Only 30% or less of churches are actually growing, which is uh, means just a, less than half of all the churches out there are seeing any kind of growth. Uh, about 4,000 churches in America a year close their doors. Uh, for many denominations, uh, the fastest way that churches are growing is by splitting. There, a lot mm. of times there's more church, churches starting because of a split, because of dissension among the brethren, than by an actual plan to plant a church in a new community. We we'll always joke about uh, the street in that the one uh, town in uh, uh, in Kentucky, I think it is, called, Fir- there's a first Harmony Baptist Church and a second Harmony Baptist Church. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason you have two is because the Harmony Baptist Church had a split. Yeah. And, uh, so when you've got division, churches splitting, Sometimes churches in the in the ugly fights. I've known churches that actually were were leaking uh, the news of their fights to the local secular paper just to try to get at the other side. And so, of course, unbelievers uh, are just having a field day, making fun and laughing and mocking God's people uh, as they fight among themselves. And a lot of times, the church just simply is disoriented to even its purpose. Uh, 
they, they forget why they're there. Uh, they think that their calling now is to be a Christian country club yeah. uh, where all of uh, the, the church is designed to meet their needs and fit their preferences and add to their comfort. But uh, they forget that the church is there to be a field hospital for spiritually sick and dying people. Uh, it's, it's meant to uh, be a mission sending agency where it uh, commissions people to go out into the workplace and into the school systems and into the professional arenas uh, to, to share the good news. Uh, the church is supposed to be a, a salt shaker right? that keeps spreading salt to preserve society everywhere. It's to be a lighthouse uh, to, to, to spell darkness in the community. But oftentimes the church gets so disoriented to its purpose that even when someone from the community in a crazy enough way just decides to visit a church on a Sunday, <laughs> those church people that are supposed to be going out into the world to make disciples of all nations, they don't even know how to greet a visitor when they walk right in their church door. Yeah, uh, And so you look at that and you say, here is a church that has completely lost sight of why it even exists. It, it's forgotten its purpose and it's focusing on matters that, that don't matter, and it's neglecting those issues that do matter. And uh, so when you see churches doing that, uh, you have to begin to wonder, well, if the church loses focus and forgets its purpose, maybe its day is done. Maybe uh, this plan of God has sort of run its course over 2,000 yeah. years, and, and maybe now God's going to have to reach people a different way. You know, and I, I think I can see people who are perhaps leaders outside the church, maybe in business or nonprofits or, or what have you, or in government, uh, you know, and with that picture you've painted, uh, as a leader, if you look at that and say, maybe I don't want to be involved in that. Like, yeah. maybe there must be a better way. Uh, you might think that maybe that model of, of, of church is broken somehow and, and you're not going to waste your valuable time, uh, sort of banging your head against a wall with a bunch of people who can't seem to get along. Yeah. Well, I, so, and, you know, as you know, I work with business people and you're exactly right. They can't stand to waste their time, but then they go serve on a committee at the church. They yeah. go to a business meeting that's poorly run. It's it lacks focus. Uh, they're used to aligning their organizations with their organizational purpose and mission statement and making sure that they keep uh, focused on what, where they're going. And, and of course, in business, you're driven by profits. It's easy to measure your success. Yeah. And so you go to the church, and you're not even sure how to keep score. Uh, how, do we, <laughs> how do we know if we're even being successful or not? And for people that are very driven and purposeful and intentional, it can drive it can drive them crazy. Right. And uh, when you see a church that's uh, just highly ineffective, inefficient, not hasn't grown in years, uh, a successful leader strolls by and says, why would I waste my time on something like that? Mm. And I suspect you have a response. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, let's take a quick break and then we'll see what we can do in the local church. Whether at home, on the job, or in the ministry, we can all have a greater impact on the world around us for the kingdom of God. Join Richard Blackaby at the Billy Graham Training Center at The Cove to learn about increasing your spiritual influence on April 6th 
through the 8th, 2020. Space is limited, so register soon at the link in the show notes. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. So Richard, you painted a pretty grim picture. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> of the local church. <laughs> um, and again, you know, not every church is this way, but, but, you know, there are some, some general, uh, applications that can be applied to some churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, obviously I know you believe that you should be involved in your local church. Uh, so what, what is your response to this idea that, uh, you know, maybe the church is a waste of time? Well, I'd say, first of all, there's a couple of general responses I've seen people have to dysfunctional churches. One is just to abandon the church. And I've read even books by some prominent Christian thinkers at times suggesting that the traditional church, that as we know it, is its time has passed. And and so in some cases, I know people that profess to be Christians, but they'll say, but I don't need the church anymore. I just, I, I work out my own faith. So I, maybe for me, I go, I, me and a couple of Christian friends go golfing on Sunday morning and we appreciate nature. We, maybe we pray, maybe we share, uh, some of our spiritual journey in between holes. Uh, I, I take my kids on, we, we just arrange our own little mission trip. We find a orphanage somewhere to go to in the summer. And we just, we don't really need the church. We just working it out on our own. Uh, other people will kind of flit from one church to another. Uh, they'll say, well, I can't find any church that's really doing it right, but this church at least has a good youth program. We'll go to that on Wednesday nights. And, uh, this church has a great, uh, uh, Easter musical. And so Easter, we always swing by over there and, you know, we'll just sort of piecemeal together yeah. with a, a, the body of Christ and, We'll, we'll come up with enough that we sort of like a buffet, we'll, we'll do a little of this, a little of that, and we'll end up with a decent meal when it's all said and done. And then, and then a third one is just, just now and then dropping in. There's no real commitment to the church. Uh, don't call us, we'll call you. Uh, we'll show up maybe once a month. And in fact, uh, studies show now that if people, people assume that if you attend once a month, that you are a regular attender. Yeah. When I was a pastor, regular attending meant you came every every week. Yeah, now sometimes you, twice. Yeah, a day. Uh, yeah, on a Sunday. But uh, now to just uh, even come once a month makes you a regular. And so I know people that will say, and and now you know with live stream and uh, yeah. services, uh, you can have the joy of the church. And yeah, the we're gonna of sit in our. We're gonna and... sit here in, <laughs> in bed and with my laptop and just kind of watch the church service this morning. Maybe on TV, there's a. Of course, now in, uh, with media and TV, you can watch some great preaching. They they may well be better preachers than your local pastor is. So you're, you think, well, I could get world class preaching right here in my living room. Uh, so why would I go get dressed up and drive to church and find a parking place and so on when I could just sit right here in the comfort of my home and uh, I save time. And so there, those are some of the, the responses that I would say are not biblical. Yeah. Um, and I, I just would say this in terms of how we should respond. Uh, I always tell people, first of all, God doesn't have a plan B. When um, in Matthew 16, when Jesus said he would build the church, 
he didn't say, but if that doesn't work out, I'll get back to you with another idea. Yeah. Uh, when Christ laid his life down for the church, uh, when Christ became the head of the church, he, there's no plan for it to ever fail. It may have its hard times. It may face persecution and other things, but God intends for the church to prevail. And, uh, and sadly, a lot of the places where it's prevailing is in places of, of persecution and crisis, uh, where it often struggles is in countries like America where there's a lot of prosperity. In fact, uh, right. some of what I've read just lately suggests that uh, one, the, perhaps one of the fastest growing segments of the church today is actually in Iran, of all places, mm. uh, where, of course, there's a lot of... Uh, things preventing them from being the church. And so I would say there is no plan B. So if you've been one of those people that has just gotten frustrated with the inefficiencies of the church, the time wasting and so on, you're tired of the fighting, the problems, uh, you tried to go to church, but they had nothing for your teenage kids. And so you quit, uh, realize then you've abandoned the only avenue God has for his people to serve him corporately and to worship him corporately. Uh, And and so what I would say is, uh, leader, the church needs you. Uh, Most of the time when I see a church struggling, the reason it's struggling is because of poor leadership. Yeah. Uh, Even when there's persecution, like I said, uh, some of the fastest growing churches in the world are in places where there's persecution or where there's not much money or resources. The difference is it's they're led well. But uh, if you see a church that is squandering its people, it's not discipling its people, it's not uh, reaching out uh, to its community, it's not maybe preaching the word of God accurately and forcefully and compellingly, then of course you're going to struggle. And so the problem typically with most churches, and I'll just, I'll go ahead and put this out there, you show me a struggling church in America, and I'll show you a church that probably lacks the leadership that is required hmm. for that church uh, to be doing better. And so if you are a leader, don't abandon the church. That's You're exactly what the church needs. It needs leaders. It, yeah. needs, it needs problem solvers. It needs people that can be efficient and get things done. So instead of running away from the church... Uh, like be like a New York fireman running into the the burning building, run into right. the the church that's declining and discouraged, and say, roll up your sleeves and saying, God, how you wired me to lead, you wired me to solve problems, you wired me to connect people, you wired me to see possibilities. So, God, use all those abilities and skills you you put into me for your church, uh, so that you make it better. So I hear you, and I think most of our listeners hear you, and they would agree. They said, yeah, the church definitely needs better leadership. Um, But you've got leaders who aren't clergymen, or they're not uh, ministers in in an official capacity. They may say, well, maybe I tried, and, and the church was like, no thanks, we're the you know, the pastor may say, that's great for you and your little business, but I'm I'm the pastor here. Uh, or maybe they just don't even know how to even start letting the church know that they do have perhaps skills in the leadership arena that could be utilized to, to grow the church. What do they do? 
yeah. uh, to, to get plugged in and to get involved? Well, the first thing I'd say is assume the best of the church leadership. I, I know, I, I mean, I've spent all my life around pastors, and so I right. know that many of them are very good people, but they're not necessarily leaders. They, they're, they're Bible scholars, they're preachers, they're teachers, but they're not leaders. Many, many pastors fall into that category. They're just weak leaders. Uh, great people, you know, if you're about to uh, have a surgery and have your gallbladder removed, you like to have him come by and visit you and pray over you before you go in. But, uh, but to lead a committee meeting is agonizing. And mm-hmm. so, um, you'd rather have that gallbladder. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's less painful to probably have surgery, but, uh, so assume the best and assume that that pastor loves the church and wants the church to do better. They just don't know what to do. Uh, and if God's wired you, for instance, to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs see possibilities. They don't just focus on the problems. They look at what could be and what ought to be. And so, so much of entrepreneurialism is looking at something people need and then figuring out how to get it for them. And so use those same wiring skills and for your church and look at your church and say, what does this church need? Well, Maybe maybe you're a man, and they've got nothing for men. There's no men's prayer gathering. There's no men's outings. Uh, and you could just wait and wait for the pastor to start something like that. Or you could go to the pastor and say, Pastor, I, I've just noticed that the, you, the church just, I mean, I start out by just being affirming. Say, I love yeah. this church. I feel like God's called me here. I appreciate your teaching ministry, and I really am grateful that you went and visited me when I was in the hospital and so on. But I just had, as I prayed for my church and tried to be supportive, I've just sensed that uh, we should do something more for men. And uh, so I'm not here just to complain. I'm not here to come and say, Pastor, here's some more work for you to do. Yeah. How come um, you're not doing this I, too? I, yeah. I'm, going, I'm coming and saying, I'd be willing to explore ways uh, to make something happen and yeah. not to be in any way um, a competitor to what the church is doing, but to try to build up the church, to make the ch- to give the church a new ministry that will make the church stronger, maybe attract more men to come to our church. Uh, and so uh, let me explore ways to maybe have a wild game supper for men one uh, one Saturday night or bring in a uh, some uh, famous sports celebrity or a Christian leader of some kind or start a prayer time on Friday mornings or something. Um, maybe you're, uh, maybe you're a, a mother who's burdened over a prodigal child that you have. And you might reach out to say, you know what, I, I just sense there's a number of prodigals represented in our church. What if I start a ministry to parents of prodigals and we prayed mm. for each other's prodigals and we celebrated when they returned and we tried to do some things just to reach out and find ways to get some of these kids to come back to the faith and the church. And Or maybe you're a business person and the, and you'd love to have some kind of discipleship, some kind of Bible training to help equip uh, business leaders for when they go out to work on Monday morning, maybe some witnessing training or some apologetics or some things that would equip them to be salt and light. And, and so you come to the church and, uh, you know, I, I, and, and, and you start things and you gather some other folks together and, I've shared before of doing some of this when I was uh, not the pastor of a church, just a, a just a leader in my church, and 
coming to my pastor and taking them for lunch and saying, hey, I've just got some ideas. Uh, let me just see if any of these resonates with you. If I, and I'd be willing to try to not do all the work, but to set something up, maybe train some people to take over. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, most pastors, if they've got any kind of um, sense about them at all, are going to be thrilled when someone comes up and offers not only to, to come up with a solution for one of the church's problems, but then he offers to do the work for it. And, yeah. uh, and I remember at times, even, uh, at one point I was getting a ministry going in our church and, uh, and it was really having an impact on the church. It was really blessing a lot of people, but, uh, we hit a, a tight spot in our budget. We were in a building program and finances were tight and the pastor was saying, you know, we, we like what you're doing, but, uh, just don't know if we've got the money for it. Well, I'll tell you what, for myself and some of the others in the church and uh, that were serving with me said, well, we'll, ra- we'll just give the money for it. We'll pay, we'll give extra money to the church to keep this thing going. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, most pastors are going to be thrilled <laughs> if you're going to even like give extra just to make sure this church can continue having this ministry. So, uh, I I'd say, um, if God wired you to solve problems at work, well, then you, surely you want to use those same skills in your church. Yeah. Don't just abandon. You'd never abandon your company if you had a problem. You'd, you'd dig deep. You'd, you'd think hard. You'd come up with solutions. Well, this is the church. And so uh, do the same thing. Uh, use all those same creative abilities uh, yeah. and build a team. Get people excited. Uh, you're, you're a marketer at work. Well, we'll go and promote this new program at the church and create a website and advertise it, put some posters around in the community. Uh, if you, if you'd market a sale that you've got at your store, uh, then why would you not try to market, a, a, a ministry, uh, to men or to women throughout the community in the same way? So, uh, there, there, there are all kinds of, um, and I, I'd say now for the pastor, um, you don't underutilize people that God's given you. If you've got some needs in the church, don't you just sit there at your office racking your brains on how am I going to solve all these problems? You may have the solutions out there. The the people uh, may, and of course, they're part, different parts of the body. My dad always used to say when he'd speak to a bunch of pastors, he would say, uh, now what part of the body are you? And of course, uh, they all want to say the head, but they know that Christ is the head. So, uh, he would say, dad would say, now the head is already occupied. So you're, you're not the head. What, what are you? You might be an eye, you might be an ear, you might be a heart, but you're not the whole body. Uh, to get things done, you've got to pull in the rest of the body. Uh, yeah. and each body part, each member has certain skills and abilities that you, that need to come into play. And so any pastor worth his salt is going to say, it can't just be me. Uh, I need the whole body contributing. And so, um, and, and maybe the last thing I would just say about that is, uh, I just hear far too many people, uh, writing off the church because it's not meeting their need. Hmm. Um, you know, you have people that, that leave a worship service and they'll say, uh, well, I just didn't get anything out of the worship today. Uh, <laughs> I had one person, uh, they had heard someone say that I, I, I didn't get anything out of the worship today. And their response was, well, it wasn't for you anyway. The, the worship was for God, not you. Uh, why do you yeah. think it's all about you? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would just say this, certainly some worship services can be 
much more enhancing and edifying and worshipful than others. I'm not saying that every song sung is uh, glorifying to God or to, <laughs> to music in general, but uh, uh, but Jesus said you're to worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, he didn't necessarily say worship him with a good beat or yeah. with uh, a full orchestra. He just yeah. said, if your spirit is right, if you are in the spirit, if you are centering your worship on the truth of God's word, uh, that's what makes worship acceptable to God and, and mm. meaningful and life-changing. Uh, and so make sure your heart's right. Make sure that your focus is right. Um, and instead of asking, well, what did I get out of it? Ask, what did I put into it? How did I make it better? Yeah. And uh, if you're, I remember one time I was in a, at my church, I was a seminary president, so I wasn't the, um, uh, I, I was just a, a lay person basically, but uh, uh, the pastor preached what I thought was a very powerful sermon. And we have a, we had an altar call and so people could respond. And I was thinking the whole front would just be filled with people coming to pray. I mean, that was just a powerful sermon. The Spirit of God obviously was working. I thought the whole front of the auditorium should be just filled with people responding to that message. But uh, the music began playing and nobody, nobody came forward. And I, I couldn't, I was literally bewildered that there was no response. I thought that was one of the most powerful sermons I'd heard in that church. And I just felt like something's not right. Uh, this whole front, I mean, the church, we, we would always encourage people come and kneel at the front and pray in response or pray with a, a, a pastor or someone and nobody came. So when the service was over, I actually walked up to the front. I, like, I just figured there's a mystery here. There's something's not right here. Well, when I got up to the front, uh, there were all kinds of sound monitors and speakers and, and uh, microphones. And there was all, all the wiring and cords were all strung across the front of the auditorium. And I mean, you literally could not bend down on your knees at the front because you'd be Bent, you, you'd be bending and kneeling right onto a, a power cord. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, you you would literally have to just try, work really hard to try to find a clear spot in the carpet just to like kneel. And I thought to myself, there's like a there's a hazard course here. There's like a <laughs> uh, like it's almost like they're laying minefield here. So if you really want to come and pray, you're going to have to be really serious about it. And yeah. maybe, maybe wear knee pads. And so uh, so I've got the pastor and the worship uh, leader. I just brought, I said, could you come here for a minute? I said, hey guys, I, I just want to tell you, I thought the worship today was amazing. I thought the sermon was one of the finest sermons I've heard. And I said, I'm just going to be honest with you. I pointed to the, the front of the church. I said, this place should have been full of people praying at the end of that service. But there was nobody. And I said, I think I know why. And I began to point to all the debris and the cords and, and stuff. I said, look, do we, if we want people to come and pray, we've got to make room. We've got to make yeah. this inviting. I said, do you understand? We invite them to come, and then we've got all these barriers in the way. Well, at first, the worship leader got a little defensive and said, yeah, but we need these this feedback yeah. monitors. We need this. I said, well, what is more important for you, to have feedback monitors or have people responding to the message? Uh, you decide what's the, the priority here. But I'm telling you, I think with a little creativity, and uh, work, you could find a better place to hide these wires and cords and, and create some free space. Well, the next Sunday I came back and they had done that. They had strung things differently and put things in different places and it was all cleared up. 
And sure enough, the very next service, there's an altar call. Well, people are coming forward and praying. And ever after that time, there I, I can hardly remember a service where there were not people at the front praying. Now, I'm not telling you I'm a sound technician. I'm not a worship <laughs> uh, expert. But there was a problem. And I, I'm sitting there just in the auditorium. In the, in the, and, but, I, but I'm a leader. And leaders solve problems. And I saw a problem. And I just kind of went to the front, looked around, figured out what the problem was, went to the leadership. I did it humbly, respectfully, encouragingly, but I did, and I had built a relationship with them where they knew I was supportive. I wasn't just a complainer and, uh, they listened to me and it made the church better. And so I would just encourage all of you uh, listening to this podcast today. Number one, you need to be in a local church somewhere. It's not about just what you get from the church. The church needs you. The church desperately needs leaders today. Absolutely. And if God wired you to lead, uh, go in and don't let problems send you running uh, for the hills. You run. Leaders run to the problems, and they they figure out solutions, and they make the church that they're a part of better. Uh, and so, uh, not every pastor, not every church leader may be responsive to you. There are some insecure, dysfunctional pastors, unfortunately, in churches today. But at least start off assuming the best, and at least before you ultimately, if you have to just leave a church, don't leave until you've done everything you can to try to have made the place better. Pray and ask God for wisdom to know how to do that. And uh, if you do ultimately even have to leave, at least do something to make it better before you go. And I suspect as you keep making your church better, uh, you're going to be less and less inclined to want to leave. Well, I think that's a great place to end it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.